Hello, my name is Holly Owens, and welcome to Ed Up Ed Tech, the podcast that keeps you in the know about all the latest ed tech happenings. We interview guests from around the globe to give you deeper insights into the ed tech industry, the field of instructional design, and more. We're proudly a part of America's leading podcast network, the EdUp Experience. It's time to sit back and enjoy the latest episode of EdUp EdTech. Here's what's coming up on this episode. It's a leap to go from thinking you're going to be an English professor till the day you die to suddenly finding yourself in ed tech teachers of the olden days and be like, what? Yeah. But I'm, the, I'm the only like one it's who can tell you Teachers being like, oh, this is cheating or this is a shortcut or this is somehow illegitimate. And, and as a new teacher at the time, I was thinking, no way, this is absolutely spectacular. I was like, oh, you got to wait. You got to wait and see what happens before you just start blocking things or just saying yeah. it's not going to work. You have to create this positive environment around these changes. Otherwise, it's just going to be detrimental to the learning environment and people will continue to see that as something negative. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of EdUp EdTech. My name is Holly Owens, and I'm your host. And today, I have a very dear friend with me on the show. I have Dr. Lindy Ledahowski, and she is the Chief Operating Officer at Wise Prep. Lindy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Holly, for having me. It is really good to be here and get to tell you a little bit about my ed tech journey. Yes, I'm excited because we did get to do a few episodes with Eric Stevens and we got to talk about like entrepreneurship, but we've never got to focus just on your journey and Wise Prep. So we're going to do that today. So go ahead, give us the details. Tell us about your journey into this ed tech space. Yes, thank you so much, Holly. And yeah, we, we've talked about a lot of things, but we've never zeroed in and talked about me. So this is the all Lindy show at the moment. So my, but, yes. journey, my journey into the ed tech space is kind of different than a lot of um, ed tech entrepreneurs in the sense that I really was a traditional academic. So I did an honors English degree. I did a Bachelor of Education. I taught high school English for a few years and was an AP English teacher. Then I went on and did a master's, PhD, postdoctoral fellowship, all in contemporary literature. I became a tenure track professor at the University of Waterloo. I was in it. I was going to be the job for life professor, but life has a funny way of throwing you curveballs. And so part of the curveball in my life was was twofold. So one, being a tenure track professor is fantastic, but it's very limited in other ways. There are only so many jobs that come available in any given field in any given year. And if you happen to have a partner who's also a tenure track professor at a different university, you could be looking down the barrel of a long life of long distance marriage. And that was our case. So we had some hard questions and decisions that we had to discuss. And then the other component of that as well was sort of realizing that as I was a professor, some of the things that my students sort of grappled with when it came to academic writing were things that, sure, I could fix in a class in a semester or in my entire career, but it wasn't really scalable. Even if I was teaching hundreds of students in any given year, how could I really reach them all and give them that grounding in academic writing? It's hours and hours of it feedback. Is. It's exactly. tons. 
Yeah. It's 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 the one-on-one work. It's the and also as we know the statistics are clear on this is that by the time the students get to college or university, many of the structural things that they may have either in their favor or not in their favor has already given them advantages or disadvantages. So I was stuck in the front of the classroom teaching a wide range of really smart, interesting students. And you could tell right away the ones who are lucky enough who had say had parents who had gone to university or who spoke English in the home or had gone through an educational system in North America at a good school versus the students who are equally bright, equally competent, but they didn't know all of the conventions of scholarly writing in the Anglo-American context. And then I'm the gatekeeper for that. And so I thought, well, there's got to be a way that's better. So let's invent some technology and and Jack, the uh, company that I founded and the software that I co-created is an academic writing software platform. So we launched that in 2015 to kind of answer that kind of gnawing gap that I felt as yeah. an instructor. And then in 2020, one, SA Jack was acquired by WisePrep, uh, a larger ed tech company based here in Canada. And I joined the WisePrep team and oversaw at first it was integrating, you know, SA Jack into the WisePrep suite of products. And now I have a larger leadership role in the entire organization. So all of WisePrep's suites of products, including SA Jack in its newest iteration as WiseWriter, but also we have a subscription offering, we have live prep tutoring, we've got an MCAT. Uh, test prep. And so as the chief operating officer, I help to kind of operationalize all of those product lines in the ed tech space. Oh my goodness. You've been a very busy person. <laughs> I have. I have. It's a, it's a leap to go from thinking you're going to be an English professor till the day you die to suddenly finding yourself in ed tech, but also in, in startup and entrepreneurship and all of those kind of things. Absolutely. So I really want to know through this journey, who's inspired you along the way? Yeah, I kind of love this this question. I was thinking about it in advance and I was like, oh, there are so many contemporary scholars and thinkers and people who are who are super inspiring. But I went back to my training in English and, and I went back to 1644 and John Milton, who is mostly famous for Paradise Lost, but also in one of his non-poetic tracks, Areopagitica, he has this fantastic quote, and I really do return to this as a touchstone in my life. And in it, he says, that which purifies us is trial, and trial is by what is contrary. And that's really just a fancy way of saying what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And I've always kind of returned to that idea that actually, the struggles that we go through are important because they get us to where we are wanting to go. So If I think, okay, I'm going to leave my job security as a professor and I'm going to jump into the unknown world of entrepreneurship and ed tech, that which is contrary, this thing that's testing me is going to make me better. And then the next phase, it's like, oh my God, I'm going to jump from being the CEO and co-founder of my own company to joining another company. And what if they actually find out that I'm an idiot and I don't know anything? And you know, imposter syndrome. Oh gosh, (laughs) that happens all the time. All over again. So that which purifies us is trial and trial is by what is contrary. So the, that which is contrary has always been a kind of inspiring touchstone to go back to again and again. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, it feels like when you grow, it's just, it's painful and it's scary. But then once you're past that part, you just feel so invigorated and excited. And you're like, oh, I can't believe I learned this much yes. from like the yes. past three months or the six months or however long it takes. It just was really, really great. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right. So I consider you like an ed tech genius. So I want to, <laughs> I want to know how do you, personally defined educational technology? 
Yeah, I love this question because I mean, as you're you're intimating, there are so many definitions, and so it's good to yeah. kind of think about you know personally how do we do it. And I think that educational technology is really important, and I kind of define it as the uh, digital tools and resources that make teaching and learning easier. An additional qualification to that definition that I always hold to is that I think the best educational technology creates efficiencies in the teaching and learning experience. So tech does what tech does well, leaving space for the human learners and the human educators to do what they do best. You know, educational technology makes digital tools to make teaching and learning better, but I, I don't think that educational technology can exist in a vacuum without that human intervention. Absolutely. I agree with you. And that's a great way to explain it as well. As much as we promote here at EdTech, how much we love the educational technologies, we could not do it without the instructors. We cannot do it without the teachers, the founders like yourself and all the different ways. Like we're just trying to help in, like you said, make things better, streamline things, give teachers more time or give educators, faculty Mm -hmm. more time to do what the impactful work is. And that's teaching the students lessons or making great active dynamic learning experiences. So that's why I really love when we get to tell our stories on the the show. It's it's absolutely. And, And I think too, especially the moment in which we're living in, in time is so infused with all kinds of technology that create efficiencies for us from shopping to paying our bills to organizing our home to music, etc. And so I think it behooves us to ensure that our educational space is as infused with diverse technologies, because that's the world in which we live in. And if we're not preparing students, if we're not helping them kind of navigate how to use technologies intelligently, where are the pitfalls, how do you evaluate a good digital technology, if that's not all part and parcel of what happens from K to 12 and beyond, how can we possibly expect adult individuals operating in the world in an entirely tech-infused context to be able to make smart and savvy choices around the kinds of technologies that they're exposing themselves and their families to. Yeah, you can't function without it. Honestly, these days, that's the thing about higher ed. And I'm sure we could have a whole nother podcast episode about that is relating it to the real world takeaways, application, all those different things. And even being critical, like the the application and the takeaways. And then how do you analyze it? Who's supporting it? Who are the investors? What is their agenda? What actually does the technology do? Is it really creating an efficiency for you? Or is it mining your data? And are you okay with it if it's doing the latter? You know, so all of those kinds of questions that I think instructors can lead students through as they evaluate educational technology in classroom settings. And then those lessons can be applied as we go on and find the latest app that's going to do something funky to our face. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I know the artificial intelligence. I did that my heritage thing with all the different the different time periods. (laughs) Who didn't? It was fun. Exactly, it's fun. It was a good time. All right, so let's get into it. Started out as essay jack and now it's called wise rider tell us about the product the service that wise rider offers and how you're helping educational institutions and organizations in education with this tech 
Yeah. And I'll kind of back up a bit and, and talk a little yeah. bit about Wise Prep's whole suite of products and how Wise, how Wise Rider fits within that. So what Wise Prep does is it is squarely in the supplementary educational space. So again, in terms of that, how do we define educational technology? I gave you a big sort of big picture definition, but then there's different ways in which ed tech gets delivered to its end users. So sometimes it's sold institutionally to colleges, schools, universities, organizations. Sometimes it's a direct to consumer. And so what Wise Prep does is it's squarely supplementary education. So that really opens up two things. So it's like study help and test prep help. Those are the two areas that are usually supplementary educational. And that's what Wise Prep does. So the Wise Prep Study Pass is a subscription and it has course and campus specific resources. So if you're at UCLA taking biology, you can go to the Wise Prep website, search up whatever your course code is, biology 1302 at that particular campus. And then you can find specific curated study resources with practice problems, mini video lectures, notes, all of that for those particular courses. And that study pass is mainly for STEM students. So students in the science, technology, engineering, and then some of the math courses as well as business. And so what the WISE Prep team was looking for was, okay, well, how do we expand our offerings into humanities? And that's really where SAJAC came into play. So SAJAC focuses on the structural components of academic writing. So it's essentially like smart templating on steroids. So how do you understand the expectations of what goes where in a piece of academic writing? So if you're writing a compare contrast essay, how do you structure that? If you're writing a case analysis, how do you structure that? If you're writing a literature review, how do you structure that? And the SAJAC templating system, which has now been sort of recreated as the wise writer templating system, it has three component parts to it really. It chunks the whole piece of writing down into its component parts. So the first sentence, the second sentence, and then all of the thesis where you add the evidence and explanation. The second sort of intervention that it makes into the space is it provides sentence starters or sentence stems. So one of the things, again, that we discovered in doing our research into student writers is they they kind of don't know where to get started and what is the kind of vocabulary you need. And so for each of the component parts of a generic piece of academic I'm going to raise my hand and say, yep. I'm one of those students. And I'm sure people <laughs> in the audience are like, yes, they're probably yes. nodding their heads right now yeah. saying, absolutely. Like writing at the top level at higher ed, it is, yeah. it is a lot to take in. It is. Sure. And you kind of stare at a blank page and be like, I don't even know. And then often you'll <laughs> yeah. just sort of like yeah. content dump everything into that page and try to throw in some paragraph breaks and hope for the best. So we just thought, well, if we can at least show people where to put things and kind of guide them. And so that what the essay jack and now wise writer sort of smart templating system does. And then of course, if I if I told you the rest, I'd have to kill you. But you know, there's really interesting possibilities coming yeah. out with some of the generative AI that can allow us to intervene a little bit more. The line in the sand we made with SA Jack and with Wise Writer is that we don't give students content. It's their ideas, but we show them how to formulate those ideas so they look and sound like the kind of academic writing that a professor and instructor is looking for. But of course, there are some possibilities with generative AI, particularly around the part of an essay which has to provide, say, a brief summary of a play or a brief setting the context of a historical event or whatever. And those things are, are hard for students to struggle with. 
And really we want to get over that as quickly as possible and get on to their analysis. And so there are some interesting things that we're working on right now. But as I say, I'm not at liberty to give you, but you yeah. heard it here first. There's some fun, I... stuff, fun stuff coming. And then as well, Wise Prep also, as I said, has some live exam prep options. So at some of our universities where we operate, we like bring students in by Zoom and we do mock exams. And so Wise Writer can play a component in that, as well as with helping students to write lab reports for some of those STEM courses that I mentioned. And then the final offering that Wise Prep as a company offers is a really amazing MCAT prep course. So that's all the students who are listening who are dreaming of being doctors, check out the Wise Prep MCAT prep course and you will get uh, your best score ever. It's kind of exciting to kind of now have my hand in still wise writer very intensely, but also these other products. Yeah. As well. Like you learned a lot more. It's, it's, yeah. isn't it wonderful? It just how like, you're like, Oh, I'm just focused on this one thing. And then these other things come into your bucket and you're like, Oh, I don't know where I was without these things. Yeah. Yeah. I am so tempted to go down the chat GPT <laughs> yeah. conversation. If we could yeah. just get a little bit, because you are the writer person, you have yeah. the technology can you just give us, a, without giving too much away, yeah. how is that changing things for you? Absolutely. And it was funny. I was just talking about this with Wise Prep CEO on Saturday night. We were out for dinner. Oh, yay. Like, so timely. And, yeah, super timely. And, and he was sort of saying, are, are we sure, you know, we can kind of integrate some of the chat GPT technology? Like, yeah, it's a fad and everything. And I was like, look, I've been doing, like, I've gone down this rabbit hole and I have a, a whole plan of how we can integrate this in an intelligent way. And I sort of think of this way back when I started teaching high school was kind of at the start of when Google was really taking off for making it easy for students to find information. So you could go online and suddenly search, you know, what is the theme of Hamlet? And teachers of the olden days would be like, what? Yeah. But I'm, the, I'm the only like one it's who can spark tell you notes. What Teachers being like, oh, this is cheating, or this is a shortcut, or this is somehow illegitimate. And, and as a new teacher at the time, I was thinking, no way, this is absolutely spectacular. If my students can find out the theme of Hamlet, on their own, and then bring that to class, bring that to the discussion, and we can narrow in and start talking about actually how right. the Shakespeare. You were flipping the classroom. I was flipping it. So same Without with, even the f- yeah. With Chat GPT, I see now that there there are some instructors who are super excited about its possibility and kind of bringing it in and bringing it into their pedagogy. And some are like, oh my God, students are just going to cheat. And so for us at Wise Prep, we really have always been about trying to help the students. And I think that's why when the opportunity to integrate SA Jack and be acquired by Wise Prep, I went with it because there was that strategic alignment. It really is about opening doors for students, leveling the playing field, giving students the best shot to unlock their potential. And I think chat GPT intelligently integrated into the kind of supplementary educational resources Wise Prep offers can really do that. I think it is the next big thing that can help overcome and even the playing field. And again, there's also a huge equity piece here. As I started off yeah, with SA Jack, 100%. You know, the, you know, like, and we judge students based on how well they write or where they're from and, and can they master things grammatically. And some of those are culturally specific, which are going to benefit certain types of students over others and close certain doors simply because somebody's managing in their third language and a native English speaker has a leg up. And so chat GPT has the potential and another AI generative text tools like that really do have the possibility of being a game changer in a way that I'm personally very excited about. 
I'm very excited too. And when I started seeing people, the resistance has already yeah. begun. I was like, oh, you got to wait. You got to wait and see what happens before you just start blocking things or just saying yeah. it's not going to work or it's cheating or it's this or it's that. Because the way that you react now is how that's going to translate to your stakeholders or learners. Yeah. And it's not going to send a good message, in my honest opinion. Exactly. And and the thing is, students, they will try whatever is out there. So the most thing I always feel as an educator, you want to create spaces where students can then bring their questions to you and that you can facilitate learning experiences. That's kind of what the whole sort of role and the whole deal. That's the, the whole shit deal. right that's there. About. Yeah, like that's it. You know, that's that's why we meet in classrooms together is so that the person who's the expert can kind of help facilitate those interesting discussions. And so you don't want to create a space where students are doing things that then they think are illegitimate or secret or that they can't bring right. to you to talk about because then they're missing out on that sort of key aspect that you can help them navigate by saying here are the stakes here are the questions here's is a good use here's a bad use let's kind of bring this all together and puzzle let's analyze it, it. let's break it down it. let's see what works what doesn't work how you can use yeah. it and how you can still incorporate your own ideas because um, obviously starting an essay on anything is it's such a challenge for students and learners they're like we sit here and you're like, where do I even start? Yeah. And that can give you a great starter, just ideas and get the, those uh, creative juices flowing, which I, exactly. I love. I yeah. Google tons of stuff every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's completely fair because also one thing often that instructors forget is that because instructors, teachers, professors, they're at a later stage in their own educational journey and they have a whole host of experiences under their belt that often their students don't yet have. So students have fundamental questions like, I don't even know what is a topic that I can write about. I don't even know what is considered common knowledge and what I have to cite because it's all new to me. You know, th there are some very foundational questions and that's where like the generative AI in chat GPT can really help. It can create outlines. It can answer some of those basic foundational questions and kind of give students a leg to stand on, which is really exciting for me. Yes, absolutely. I agree. You have to create this positive environment around these changes. Otherwise, it's just going to be detrimental to the learning environment and people will continue to see that as something negative. And that's not what we want. Yeah. That's yeah. Not and what even we want. I mean, you think back to the invention of the printing press and how obviously changed the landscape. You had, you know, monasteries that were predicated upon, you know, monks sitting there and copying text out by longhand on vellum paper. And, you know, that whole industry ceased to exist once you could reproduce texts with printing press, but also it democratized information. So instead of it merely being, you know, the church that was the possessor of all information at all time that was able to disseminate more radically to the populace at large. And I feel like there are these big shifts with technology that something gets lost. So, you know, these glorious monasteries of a bygone era no longer need to exist because you have printing press, but yet so much is gained. And I find with chat GPT as well, okay, so fine, we're not going to make people struggle over agonizing over making an outline for their essay because chat GBT can do it for them. But is that really a loss when what you're gaining is this confidence and this ability for all kinds of people, regardless of their level of education, their linguistic capacity, 
to be able to participate and learn and write in all kinds of meaningful ways. It can help people in their workplace and as a student. So again, as I say, I can go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, no, I just was going to say, I think we just talked about your abstract for your TED talk. (laughs) We just created it in this episode. So please, you know, write that down. uh, Because we're looking for that. Speaking of things coming up, we want to know what's going on at Wise Prep for the upcoming year. Is there anything that you can share and not violate any NDA agreements to get the (laughs) audience excited excited about things to come? Yeah, I mean, so so definitely keep an eye on Wise Writer because there's things um, certainly in progress there. So so go to wiseprep.com slash wise writer and you know have a peek because that's where a lot of new things will be unfolding in the next 12 months or so. Um, other exciting things. So we've uh, launched Wise Prep throughout a bunch of new campuses in the US. We have a new and improved MCAT Elite 515, which is a guarantee of a score of Sounds 515 fancy. or your money back. <laughs> exactly. So it's super good. So we've got um, our on-demand MCAT prep course, which is sort of a democratized, anybody can access it. And then the Elite 515 is saying, all right, we are going to guarantee you that you're going to get a score of 515, which is quite a competitive score on the MCAT. For those listening who know the MCAT space, you'll recognize that that's a competitive score. Otherwise, you get money back. So we really stand behind it. So that's one of the exciting things that rolling out as we speak. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun stuff we have to look forward yeah. to. I'm glad you could yeah. share all that. All right. So we're coming up here on the end of the episode and we've talked yeah. about a <laughs> lot of different things. And I'm I'm so glad that we got to have you on the show to talk about all the wise prep thank stuff you, because you. I yeah. wanted more. I wanted to know more when we were chatting with Eric yeah. and I was just like, that's not what the episode was about. <laughs> but last two questions, really, it's more like three questions. What did we miss? Is there anything else you'd like to share? And then I want to know from you, I want you to look ooh, into your crystal ball and tell us what does the future of ed tech look like? I don't think we missed anything. I mean, there's there's obviously you and I, Holly, can talk for days on it. Oh, yeah, also, we know that. This could be yeah. a definitely an hour, hour and a half episode. It could easily be a long episode <laughs> where, we, where we mine all the topics of ed tech and entrepreneurship and, and all of those sorts of things. So there's there's definitely more there. But I think it's exciting. And one thing that I will just, not that we missed it, but just to reiterate, because I'm sure many of your listeners are people who maybe like me thought they'd be professors for life. And for whatever the reason, sometimes by choice, sometimes by force, they find themselves on a different path. And so I do like to share my story to that community of listeners to know that it can be absolutely fantastic and invigorating on the other side to leave a job as an academic and to find something that's exciting and meaningful and rewarding and all of those sorts of wonderful things. I certainly am happy to be an example that it's absolutely possible. Not everybody is going to take my path and invent software and then see that through an acquisition and then you know, join the leadership team of the acquiring company. I recognize that that's maybe. Yeah, maybe but they're going to do other things probably. They'll, yeah. do, they'll do other things that can be equally exciting. And so I just want the army of people with PhDs and postdocs out there who don't become full-time professors to not feel that it's somehow a failure or, or anything that they do next is going to be second best or plan B because there's a lot of really amazing lives to be lived and interventions to be made in ed tech and beyond outside of the academy for sure 
Absolutely. 100%. So what's the future all right. look like? Yep. Here crystal we go. I'm ready. Ball. I got Yay! my crystal ball. And, you know, and, and in all honesty, I think the future of ed tech is also tied to some of the changes happening in education more broadly. So I think there are a number of different changes. I think for some time to come now, there'll still be this sort of old model of ed tech that sells kind of B2B into standard institutions and there's sort of institutional adoptions. But I see that more and more being the purview of, as it currently is, the learning management systems. It's not really ed tech, it's the infrastructure required to run large educational institutions. So dealing with grading and personnel management. So rostering students in classes and sort of managing tuition and all of those. I see that still existing very much in the traditional way that it has. But there's so much that's happening so fast in ed tech, in a direct to consumer or in ways where learners are being empowered to figure things out on their own without waiting to be spoon fed something from their institution. And that in my crystal ball, I see that happening more and more and more. And I even see some of those opportunities being integrated into workplaces more. So especially in North America, we tend to have Many people who have degrees who still can't kind of walk into a a great job in the U.S. especially, there's crushing student loan debt. So I feel like if people can bypass degrees that aren't going to lead them to the next step in their life's journey, and if ed tech and a kind of democratized approach to learning can be an answer, I can see a lot more people turning towards that and kind of micro certifications So I see ed tech continuing to become really much more about the learners as opposed to integrating in these slow processes with traditional educational institutions. I love it. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for that. Totally ready for that adaptive learning space to explode to the forefront. Well, Lindy. I mean, I want to continue the conversation, you know that. So you're going to have to come back. I really enjoyed this episode and thank you so much for your time and coming to talk to us about all the things you're doing at Wise Prep, your entrepreneurship, all your wonderful education background and sharing your experiences with the audience. My pleasure. It has been a thrill. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. You're welcome. You've just experienced another amazing episode of Ed Up Ed Tech. Be sure to visit our website at edupedtech.com to get all the updates on the latest edtech happenings. See you next time.